Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate wickedly smart women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our very special guest, Tammy Wise. Tammy is a widely respected mind-body fitness expert, owner of Body Logos, Inc., author of The Art of Strength, Sculpt the Body, Train the Mind, and producer of the Body Logos app and strength training method. A former Broadway dancer turned Dow minister, Tammy was voted the best of fitness by Time Out New York twice and has appeared in Martha Stewart's Whole Living Magazine, New York Magazine, Natural Health, Shape, Thrive Global, and more. She's a Transformational Authors Contest winner and regular contributor to Medium, and I had the pleasure of meeting her at the most recent New Media Summit, and as soon as she got up to pitch, I was a, oh, heck yes, we need Tammy Wise and her wisdom for the Wickedly Smart Women podcast. So welcome to the show, Tammy Wise. Thank you, Angel. So nice to be here. Well, I want to begin, Tammy, by asking you, were you always a body logos being? Like, did you come to the planet with this knowing within you and and demonstrating it? Or did you have a spiritual awakening somewhere along the way? And if so, like, what was that journey? Yeah, I was not born a body logos disciple. I learned at the age of 10. At the age of 10, from the age of 10 to 13, my dad would start coming into my room at night. And sexual abuse was a lifestyle for those three years. And in these events, I would very often just leave my body, but I would, my energy body would still be with me. And where I would go was the most magical place where. I felt my alignment stretch between earth and sky in a way that I felt held up by gravity. And in those moments, I felt like I belonged. I was plugged into a family that cared and kept me safe. And I was integral. And then I'd be snapped back into my body and it was a tension-filled body. So this ping pong game between my reality and this altered reality was a game between feeling tense and weak and unsafe to feeling strong and a part of and aligned in the most self-aligning way. And so right after this started happening, although it was a secret for 40 years, I did know that I wanted to learn how to make this altered reality happen in my reality deliberately. And so I asked my mom if I could go to ballet class because I thought ballet class would teach me that alignment, right? And she said yes. And I kept asking and kept going. 
So that started at the age of 10. Every one of my high school years, those summers, I would get a I would get a um, internship at either Joffrey Ballet, Martha Graham's, Eric Hawkins. I was a striving, desired dancer. And right after I graduated from high school, I was hired in a chorus line on Broadway. So I was brought to dance because I wanted to learn this spiritual alignment. But I got so good at it that dance became my vocation. (laughs) Wow. Well, I want to, there's a whole lot to unpack there, Tammy. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So the first thing I want to unpack is you said from 10 to 13. And, you know, I am not stupid. I know that there are many, many, many people who might be listening to this who have gone through sexual uh, incestual abuse. I didn't personally experience that myself, but my uncle incested every one of his daughters, including his oldest one who he got pregnant. So, you know, I was like one step removed energetically from that dynamic. And first of all, I just want to honor the grace that you bring to the table as a result of having navigated through that, number one. Thank you. Number two, I want to acknowledge and recognize you that even though it took 40 years to to have it be expressed verbally, that you did, you know, come to that place where you were able to express it at some point along the way and that you were willing to be completely transparent and express it here with us. And then the third thing that I want to ask you is what happened at 13 that that it was only from for that time period. I'm just curious about that. He just stopped coming into my room. So I would say maybe I aged out. I mean, <laughs> ah, okay. Well, that would make sense. That would make yeah. sense. All right. So what's also interesting that I want to unpack a little bit here is this, the trauma response for anybody who's experiencing physical trauma of any kind is that checking out, is that literally leaving the body. So for me, I was physically abused by both of my parents. And so I'm very familiar with the being out. And I've worked for many years with many of my clients around, like when I had my spiritual awakening, I could actually see, I could see the spirit body in people up to about from their chin up was what was embodied and from their chin down, it was empty. So what I'd love to hear from you about this is the body movement and the dance obviously helped you to bring the two aspects together, but can you go a little bit deeper in how that was experienced by you in in how it was? Because it wasn't until I was 38 years old in a yoga class, tried to look down at my heart when the instructor said, look down at your heart. And I like burst into tears because I couldn't look at my own heart. So I myself Mm -hmm. was in up to about my chin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that very often what happens with trauma, especially when you disassociate, which is sort of this upward rising, that we try to ground down into the earth and get our footing. It's very down. It's kind of like tap dancing. It's, it's low. Ballet class, different than most other types of techniques in dance, is very split from your center of gravity in your low abdomen between it rises up through your heart center and crown. It drops down through your pelvic floor and your feet. 
And this opposition between earth and sky that I felt in these moments was is, is exactly what we do in ballet class. But I will say this, that in ballet class, there is the techniques that I was taught as a young dancer. And, you know, I'm nearly 60 now. So this is going back some years. So we used a lot of tension. She would say things like squeeze your buttock as hard as you can. So you, you can't even sit down after class. You're so sore. And I just thought to myself, this just doesn't sound like freedom to dance. This is not what I'm looking for. So what I would do is translate in myself. She wants this look. She wants it to look like this. How can I make that look the same without all that tension? And I would, as this little kid, I was very clear what I was there to do. I wasn't there to become the prima ballerina. I was there to learn to stretch between earth and sky and plug into something meaningful, not stay trapped in this tension body that was associated with my family. Mm -hmm. And so I just kept exploring, you know, ballet class after ballet class, how to create the look they wanted without all the tension they were asking for. Yeah, and the feeling you wanted, the look they wanted and the feeling and the you feel wanted. the feel I wanted, yeah. yeah. And, I, you know, I really think one of the reasons I didn't, it's layered why I finally came forward and started talking about it. But when I went to seminary to become a Tao minister, I learned the vocabulary that actually worked with what I have, had been doing since I was 10. And so then finally, I had a way of talking about it. Yeah, yeah, you had words. And and also, you probably had community at that point as well. Exactly. Which I think is a huge piece of the equation as well, because certainly that kind of traumatic experience in childhood can very easily create an isolation as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, shame and all the other things that go along with it. Well, so I think where I want to go from here, Tammy, is as you, you know, moved into this place of becoming more able to embody the feeling, give them the look, embody the feeling, you know, fast forward us a little bit along the journey of what ended up happening that allowed you to make the decision to become a mind body fitness expert because you know obviously the ballet world uh, my cousin was actually the lead dancer for the swiss ballet i think it was swiss ballet he and his wife and he was also in the um, ballet, american ballet theater for a number of years you may even know him uh, wouldn't surprise me and i know that in the ballet world you know that you reach a certain point and you're done you're just completely done they're not they're yeah. not having you anymore. They're not having yep. you anymore. You age out. <laughs> you age out. Just like you aged out with your dad. You yep. aged out of the ballet world. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that journey and what inspired you to step into this role that you're playing now. And, and in particular, stepping into entrepreneurship, because, you know, that's yeah. part of what you've got going on, yeah. too. So there's a couple of stages to that question. First of all, you know, a lot of dancers in between dance jobs wait on tables. And I taught fitness. That was what I chose to do in between. And so I was always more interested in strength training than I was yoga or flexibility because I was very flexible already. And yoga just felt like a 
a stretch class to me. Like I didn't, I had never experienced at that point, a spiritual experience in a yoga class, you know, it was very fitness based. And so anyway, I chose strength training that became my specialty in the fitness arena, but I didn't really bring the mind body piece in, but that got me in and known in the fitness arena as a go-to person specifically for people who had injuries. I was very good at helping people go from physical therapy after that was over into a, you know, weekend warrior (laughs) state again, you know? So I was already there. When I was dancing early on in my career, I was on the road with a touring company and I was young and, you know, we were all relatively young, but there's probably a 15 year age range within everybody on the bus. And uh, one of the older people in the troupe, she just didn't look that happy to me. And I attributed it to not being happy with her job and not being happy on the road. And I just watched her and I said to myself, you know, when I start looking like that, it's time to leave show business. It's when it's over. That's when it's over. Mm. And so, you know, around the age 33 to 35, I started to go, oh, I get what she was feeling. I wasn't unhappy yet. But I could feel that if I pushed it too much longer, I was going to get to that place where I was unhappy. And it really had to do with how you're constantly starting over. Mm. Every job, you're starting over. When that one ends, you're back to the auditions again. And, the, and if you're really a dancer, not an actress, I mean, I, could, I would act somewhat and I could sing a bit, but I was really a dancer. So I did Broadway work as well as concert work. I did company work, which I preferred because I really didn't want to talk. Somebody once interviewed me and said, How, why did you become a dancer? And I said, because I could express myself without talking. Mm-hmm. I don't like talking. <laughs> and that's what happens when you carry a secret for a long time. You yeah, don't exactly. want to talk. Things slip out. You don't, you don't want to talk. So anyway, I got to that point. And so I started exploring what would possibly come next. And my interest was always energy how the energy flowed through the human body and what could lift that energy and generate that energy. And so I started taking classes at Amory Colbin's cooking school, thinking nutrition might be a direction. And I took a class on the five element theory around Chinese herbs. And it was just a weekend sort of workshop. And, and I just went, this is the ticket. This is like high energy, low bulk It's like infusion, right, of energy. So I transferred to this man's school, and it was the School of Classical Taoist Herbology. And I was like a kid in a candy store. I just took every possible course. I became a full-time student. I was so into it. And at some point, he said, you know, you could become a Tao minister. You have the everything you need to step into seminary and do that. Mm. And uh, so I did. All right. Because well, we're, it, we're actually going to have to take a break right now. Okay. And so I did. <laughs> That's awesome. And so I did. We are already at the break. So Wickedly Smart Women, we need your help. If you're enjoying the show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share the show with your lovely lady friends. I want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing all around the world. We're welcoming thousands of 
of downloads. And we are now up to 81 countries. I want to shout out this week to our listeners in Switzerland, Sweden, and South Africa. And we will be right back with Tammy Wise. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by Women in Transition, Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your wealthy life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Tammy Wise. So before we went to the break, we were talking about how you ended up in Body Logos and in Body Logos Inc. And like many people, Tammy, you had a meandering journey and you were enthusiastically immersing yourself in a lot of educational experiences. And I've seen this with many, many messengers and you didn't even want to speak. And now here you are speaking and you are the owner of Body Logos and you have an app and all of these other wonderful things. So I want to let our listeners know that they can actually uh, find out more about you at bodylogos.com. And we will have that for them in the show notes. There will be a gift there for them specifically around tension. So I do want to dive in a little bit to how you now support people and what made you make the decision to start your own business, to start Body Logos, and how you support the people that you are here to serve. So, you know, because I was already in the fitness arena and fitness had become very specialized. I mean, back in the day when I was involved is when Jane Fonda first came out and, you know, every fitness class was a combination of everything. And now it's gotten very specialized. So you go into a a class for strength, another class for cardio, another class for flexibility, another class for yoga, another class for meditation. Everything is so specialized and split up. So. I started after seminary. Part of what happens in seminary is you're asked to write a statement of purpose, which is like a thesis. And it's how you intend to bring Tao into the world at large. And so my statement of purpose was the body logos method. And as I said earlier, Tao is what gave me all of the language to talk about it. So through seminary, I I wrote the book, The Art of Strength, and then the theory. Mm -hmm. I didn't write all the how-tos, but I wrote the theory while I was in seminary. And so when I came out and I started teaching fitness, I was still teaching uh, strength training classes, but I started to integrate this mind-body part. Like, for example, your bicep muscles are the muscles that pull desirables towards you. They're the muscles that feed you. So any tension that's in the bicep or any quality, weakness, uncoordinated tension has to do with 
pulling desirables towards you, how comfortable you are doing it, how uncomfortable you might be doing it, how numb you are to doing it, how like any quality you're feeling in the body in that area is going to signify what you're actually doing on the emotional plane as well. And so I started my, I'll never forget my first body locals class. I was so scared of being laughed out of the room that I was bringing these while you're doing your bicep curls, let's focus on what you'd like to pull closer to you in your life, whether it's something in your outside world or your inner world that you'd like to develop. What is it that you would like to create? And what happened instead of being laughed out of the room is people started to cry. I mean, there were real beautiful breakthroughs that happened in a group scenario. So I just for years, I kept playing with this information with my private clients, which was even more exciting because they don't have the classroom and, the, you know, trying to keep yourself all buttoned up. And they're, they were a little more free. And at that point, we could also be live where right now we're in COVID. So we were on video. But even, you know, it was a really exciting time of really letting all of the work I've been doing for years finally be experienced. And then there was this, I put um, a chapter of my book in a challenge for a book contest. And I won. I won a contract with Balboa Press. And so the book got published. Once the book got published, the opening of the book is the story, is the dad story. Mm. And even with the book, I knew I didn't know how to tell this story. And just for that intro, I hired a ghostwriter to write it. Mm. And I just talked to her about it. I said, I have no idea how to tell this story. And so she wrote it. The book got, got published. And then all of a sudden, I was like being asked to do book talks. And I went, oh, my God, I'm going to have to tell this story. Mm. And I just completely freaked out. Like, I can't do that. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. And so I started working with a coach in California named Jeffrey Van Dyke. Now I live in New York City, but I heard of this guy who works with wounds yeah, I know, and Jeffrey. storytelling through wounds. Yeah. And I went, this is the guy for me. I got to figure out how to be a messenger through this story. Beautiful. And so, you know, I spent two years with Jeffrey. And and, so and out of that, it, that's where the business started. Is that exactly? What you're yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So beautiful, beautiful. So what I want to ask you now, Tammy, is, and I, I just I'm feeling particularly interested in if we have triggered anyone by having this conversation, and they are feeling the tension in their body right now from a traumatic experience as a child, either incest or sexual assault or physical assault. What is something that we could offer our listeners right now in the last few minutes that we have, we've got about four minutes left, that would help them to know that you actually can help them yeah. to yeah. transmute <clears throat> this? So in four minutes, you can't do any sort of real change change, but what I can do is a three breath reset that puts them in a place of neutrality. And that's ultimately where we want to be is allow all of the feelings to be there as you work through the nest of stuff of work through the consciousness nest, I might call it what's 
what's true, what's not true, what's connect to misaligned beliefs, what's aligned. But this will put you in neutral so you can start to look at all of these things from that place. Beautiful. So let's um, do it. <laughs> let's do it. All right. So everybody, you can sit up nice and tall in your chair. Don't use the seat back and bring your feet in close enough to the seat that your weights on the ball of your feet and the heels just graze the floor. And you're going to place your hands on your low abdomen under your belly button. So three fingers below your belly button is your personal center of gravity. So you're going to take a deep breath into your center of gravity and fill up those hands like you have a big Buddha belly. And then as you exhale, you're going to allow that breath to drop through your sits bones and through your heels and take up space on the planet. Really feel the earth under you. She's supporting you. She's holding you up. She's alive. It's not just your downward weight. It's her upward rise to hold you. And then take another breath into your hands, big Buddha belly. And on the exhale, let that breath rise up through the uh, heart center and the crown center, right at that soft spot in the baby's head, and let it keep going to the sky. And as it keeps elevating, I want you to feel like your skeleton is actually stretching, not with effort. It's actually more like a yawn. It's allowed. You are allowed to rise. And what this should begin to feel like is your spine having a little more space between the vertebrae so there's less pain in the body. And then you take a third breath into your hands. And on this exhale, you're going to do both. Drop to the earth and lift to the sky and keep moving. Keep letting that channeling of energy be like an escalator that just keeps moving. It's constant. It's always. You're always living in this movement. So it's about finding the movement and stretch in your stillness, in your seat. And in that place, you actually start to have space between your thoughts, where there's just a pause and where you're neutral. Beautiful. Tammy, that was lovely. Thank you so much for delivering that to our listeners. In the last minute, what else do you want to share with our wickedly smart women around the world about any of the things that we've talked about today? I want to say that posture matters. Your body carries your life story in its tension. And that same posture can change your life story by surrendering that tension. Beautiful. I love that. Well, I am quite sure, listeners, that you can find out a whole lot more and you can dig deep into the mountain of wisdom that Tammy Wise is carrying by going to bodylogos.com. Fabulous having you on the show. I knew it was going to be delicious. I'm very grateful for your time here with me. And uh, listeners, we do love feedback. So please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that for you in the show notes or send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. I feel like I'm just going slower 
and more spacious as a result of our little three breath reset. So please make sure to check out Tammy and Tammy Wise at HerBodyLocos.com. I want to thank you all for tuning in. Keep your ears open and remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.